Hey everybody, this is Chris, and I am Imperfectly Polly. Welcome back to the Imperfectly Polly podcast, where I talk about navigating life as a polyamorous person. This is not intended to be a guide to how to be polyamorous, or how to navigate life with mental health disorders or children, or any of the other things that I'm going to mention along the way. This is just my story, and all I can do is tell it, and hopefully you'll gain a tidbit or two, or maybe you'll laugh at me for my mistakes. But either way, I hope you enjoy. Take care. Alright y'all, hey there, it's Chris, and I'm Imperfectly Polly. Today we're going to talk about a little something kind of related to my dating life, which I hate to say that I have to deal with dating, but uh, I am trying. Um, Yeah, I'm trying, Uh, but it's just one of those things that kind of sucks that I never really uh, expected to be at this point uh, if you'd asked me a couple months ago but now that we're back here um, and I'm remembering how much dating sucks I have to go back through some of my notes about what you know is important in a relationship for me Um, and one of the things that really kind of percolates to the top is emotional safety Um, and, and that's for a variety of reasons. And so I thought that could be kind of a, a good episode to start off with and set some of the baselines of things that, you know, are important there, uh, at least for me. And I would absolutely love to hear, you know, other thoughts and ideas, because um, Lord knows, um, well, I've got a decent little list here that I've built out and it's not exactly uh, perfect by any stretch and what's important to me may not be important to you and vice versa. Um, so, you know, take your time and do your own, uh, homework, but, uh, you know, let's see what you think about my little list here. So before we get too far into it, I just want to say, you know, emotional safety in a nutshell is, is really just the ability to live and thrive in an environment where you can comfortably express your thoughts, your feelings and ideas, and you're not worried about, uh, you don't have a fear of judgment or, or any kind of criticism, um, uh, that can come from that, you know, Lord knows that in the real world, the people out there are quite, you know, critical and, and that can be a scary place, but when you're looking in a relationship with someone, you don't want that kind of fear, right? At least I don't. Um, I know some people out there are emotional masochists. So, you know, Hey, I don't kick shame, but that's not my uh, cup of tea. I prefer, you know, nice, sweet coffee. Um, (laughs) and so, you know, that's, that's what I'm looking for. Emotional safety wise is really just somewhere that I can be me and not be afraid of being me. Uh, I've got enough emotional issues within my own self, um, which I kind of uh, talked about before in the mental health episode. Anyways, so let's dig into that a little bit more. How do you achieve a state of emotional safety with someone? Um, 
So a handful of things kind of percolate to the top. For me, one of the top ones that you can't do without is is open communication. Um, you you've got to actually talk. Um, as long as there's something hidden behind the veil of your mind, there will always be a resentment, a secret, a something negative, right? And that's not something that is builds a a long lasting loving relationship. Um, now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't have appropriate filters to say things, you know, the kind way or to hold on something for a minute till you can get over your emotional whoosh of a problem. Those are those are not what I'm talking about. You don't need to just be, you know, loose lips and say whatever the hell's on top of your head at any particular moment. However, you do need to talk and you need to be able to know that when your partner is talking to you or you're talking to your partner, that it is known that you're going to be truthful to each other and you're always going to, you know, not try to manipulate not try to hide things or skirt things under, um, oh, out of the, out of sight. Um, that's really important. Um, now a thing that could come out of that, if you're being, you know, very open is conflict. So number two on my list is conflict resolution. Um, that's a hard one, right? Um, you need to, so, so to start with, you need to be able to say, Hey, this is what I'm feeling. And obviously that's not going to be a hundred percent where it's just taken and lightly and we roll. Sometimes you need to, you know, have a disagreement. Disagreements are unfortunately healthy. They're not always easy, but you know, you and anyone on this planet are not going to see a hundred percent eye to eye. Um, and if you found them good for you, uh, honestly, that's incredible, but you know, I would put money on the table that, you know, whoever you find, you're going to have a disagreement. And when you do, you need to have conflict resolution skills that allow you to safely back back out of that corner of, uh, you know, of, of conflict. Um, it's so easy to, to find yourself back in the corner and you start just kind of fighting. Um, and then, you know, one of you is on the attack and one of you is on defense or vice versa. And, it can become such a nasty, nasty place, right? I think we've all been there. Um, you know, Lord knows when we're teenagers or, or young adults, very few of us have the the abilities to, um, you know, really kind of navigate back out of a, a conflict situation, um, at least not with grace. And God knows I'm not the best. Um, and I can pull out all my excuses under the sun, but you know, excuses are like buttholes. We've all got, uh, one and we use it too often and they stink. Um, <laughs> I cannot believe I just recorded that. 
Um, <laughs> so anyways, um, I could do a whole episode on conflict resolution skills and I probably will at some point. Um, so, all right, we, we are able to talk Well, we, we know we're going to talk, um, uh, and it's going to be trusting and, and, uh, open and truthful. We now have to have the ability to re- resolve any conflicts that come from that open communication. Now, we also need to know that we're going to be in a non-judgmental environment. The big thing there is the support for whatever you're going through. Um, so on one side of the fence creates the conflict with the open communication you know, say, Hey, uh, I didn't like that that happened. Oh, well, I didn't mean it that way, blah, blah, blah. And we're back and forth and we're, we're creating conflict. Well, the flip side of it is that you need to be supportive. So sometimes it doesn't create conflict, but sometimes you just want to be seen. Sometimes you want to be heard. Sometimes you want someone to just, you know, put their hand on your shoulder or give you a hug or anything to say, Hey, it's okay. You know, I, I, I may not understand what you're going through. I may not feel those feelings. I may not agree with, you know, how you see that, that thing, but I'm here with you. I'm supporting you. I'm loving you through it. That is huge for me. And it's definitely something that I've not had enough of in my life. You know, it's very important to be able to have partners who lift you up, right? Uh, it's easy for someone to grab onto your back and pull you down, but to have a partner who really just, you know, lifts you up and creates that environment where you both feed off each other and grow and glow together is huge. All right. Now, so we have the ability to talk openly, solve conflicts that come from it and support each other in our moments where we may not always be seen. Well, sometimes it's not appropriate to talk about things or someone's not available to support you. And that's okay too. Um, And so in those moments, we really need to be able to have the respect for boundaries. Now that goes beyond just, hey, I don't wanna talk about this right now. You know, boundaries, are, are there for a reason. They are to protect. Honestly, I think they're there to protect both parties. Those who create the boundary to protect themselves. And they're there to protect the person on the other end who needs to respect that boundary. Um, my reasoning for that is one, obviously for, if I create a boundary, I'm protecting myself because I know, Hey, this is going to trigger me, or this is something that I just don't like, uh, for whatever reason. And, and I'm, I'm strongly requesting that it does not happen. Um, and that's, you know, that's a big, important thing to protect myself, but I think it also protects the other person because by communicating those boundaries, you are able to set that person up for success. And, and I think that's a key thing to really put your mind around is when I say, Hey, that's not a thing for me. 
please don't do that. Um, that's a, that's a hard line boundary for me. I'm telling you how to love me best. I'm telling you what I need. Right. Um, and so that, that protects you and that sets you up for success. And it's really just a, uh, a beautiful thing when done correctly. Now people can abuse them just like everything in life. You can abuse the hell out of boundaries. Um, and all of a sudden everything can become from a preference to a boundary. And all that does is then box in the other person where everything they do becomes a boundary violation. And that's a key thing too, is to ensure that you don't overstep boundaries by creating too many boundaries, you know? Um, and I'm sure people can argue with me about those specific words. My intent behind that is if you continue to throw everything into these boundaries and every preference that you have becomes a boundary, it's just not going to work out because you're going to create such a small playing field that the other person is going to become resentful because they have no room to breathe. So I believe, and I, and I would suggest that everyone, you know, take a moment to really dissect what is a boundary and what is a preference. And, and understand that difference. Because for at least for me, when I say boundary, that is no go. Do not cross, you know, th that, you know, hard, hard line, bad, bad day. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, but preference is, please don't do that. You know, try not to, but it's not a game changer. It, it isn't, you know, the world's not going to come to an end if you, just do something that I don't prefer. Um, and there's always a little bit of negotiation in those instances with preferences. So it's worth taking that extra moment to dissect the difference between preferences and boundaries. So now we know that our boundaries are going to be respected. And through the first few, we're going to communicate those boundaries we're not going to judge each other on these boundaries. Um, and if there's any questions around those boundaries, we're going to have the conflict resolution skills to, you know, be able to get through that. Now, where do we go from here? Now we're getting into some of the things that I, you know, just is, is a little more of a preference to me. I think those first four are kind of non-negotiables, non like, flat out non-negotiable for me. Now, high preference, I need somebody soft. I need somebody who gives me affection. They give me affirmation and they validate me as a person. Um, you know, those are wishy-washy terms to some extent in that someone could give more affection or more affirmation, um, and it's hard to really define those things, but I need someone who, who really shows me that they care through any number of things. But a big one for me is physical touch. Hold my hand, just sit near me, you know, let me put my hand on your leg. Those kinds of things is huge for me. And 
I just really, you know, I need that. I need someone who says, Hey, Chris, it's okay. I know that you're having an off moment and, you know, I, I, I see you, I love you and we're going to get through this. You validate me as a person and affirm your love of me. I need that softness. Um, I, I, within my head, it is so hard, so hateful within myself. And that's my, you know, my, my own disease, which means I need someone on the outside that gives me that softness to help me through. And, and I'm definitely looking towards my partner, um, to, to provide that. That's a, a huge service that I need them to give me is to give me that love that helps me make it through every single day. Um, and that, that may sound a little more extreme, um, but really it doesn't take much to just say, Chris, I see you. I love you. We've got this. And that drop of gasoline will get me through, you know, so far. Um, some other things that kind of come along that I prefer in a partner is, you know, shared values. We need to, you know, to some extent, see the world eye to eye. Um, you know, if, if you've got some extreme value that I don't share, that's going to create conflict over time. And, and then there's obviously the differences between, Hey, I prefer this and you prefer that, you know, we can be left and right and middle and all of those kinds of things. Um, but there are some things, you know, that my values say that's not cool. And, you know, I'm not going to be a, a, a judgy Janet or anything over it, but I don't know if I can step by and, and see someone do things that I don't agree with. Um, and I'm certain that there are people who, you know, can see some of the things that I do and don't prefer that. Um, you know, a good example for me uh, is, is, you know, over drinking. Um, you know, I'm three years and some change sober and I've learned through that and through being, you know, calling myself an alcoholic that I don't prefer people who just go off the handle drinking. Um, you know, do I judge those who, who really like to, to, you know, down a whole bunch and, and, and just have a night, you know, bender. No, I, I'm not going to judge you, but I am going to not prefer to spend time with you, especially in those scenarios. And that's not even as much the whole, oh, I'm an alcoholic and I'm not supposed to be around alcohol. No, that's fine. I, I can be around people who are drinking. That really doesn't bother me in any way. It really comes down to just, it's not the kind of person that I want to affiliate with. I don't want that life anymore. I'm looking for something different, something deeper. So shared values, right? There's, there's plenty more. I'm sure. Um, I need someone who's emotionally intelligent in my life. 
I need someone who understands how to interact in an emotional level. Um, you know, the higher the level, you know, I, you don't have to have a, a, an emotional quotient through the roof. I just, I just need someone who's generally able to contribute to the emotional safety by understanding you know, what, what emotions are and how to communicate emotions and how to help me, uh, with those moments when, you know, sometimes I can't get through and hopefully I can do the same. Uh, I like to think that I've got a pretty high emotional IQ. Um, and I like to think that I can talk about emotions fairly well as a general statement, but that doesn't mean a hundred percent of the time I'm able to use those words and use my voice. I mean, hell, that's one of the reasons I've got a, uh, uh, an emotional uh, or emotions wheel on my wall over here so that when I can't remember, you know, the word I can look up and, and kind of just break it down. And sometimes I can only use the, the simple ones. I'm angry. I'm sad. Um, and then sometimes I can bring it on down to the, the lower levels. Um, so there's your plug for the day. Go get you an emotions wheel. <laughs> I got mine on Amazon. Um, no, I am not paid for any of this. Anyway, um, and then last on my most important list uh, is is consistency and reliability. A uh, big thing here is that I just need someone who will show up. Period. You know, that doesn't mean that, hey, Chris, I've got something going on. You know, that's fine. If if I want you to come do something with me and you have something else going on, that's fine. Absolutely fine. But I need someone who doesn't just flake out at a moment's notice or, you know, let me book everything uh, for a weekend. And then the day before. Oh, nope. Sorry, Chris. I, I'm, I'm really not feeling it this weekend. That's not cool. You know, that's not kind. Um, to, it's not nice to be able to, to think that you're trusting your partner. And then at the last minute, it all blows away. Now, I've got a caveat on every damn one of these, I know, and you're probably getting tired of hearing them. There are obviously extenuating circumstances. I am not talking about extenuating circumstances. So don't even start. Life does absolutely happen. What I'm talking about is when it's not life happens, right? It's the, I'm just not feeling it. That's not cool. Right. Um, and especially if it happens over and over and over again, um, I need to be able to know that whenever I say, Hey, I love you. And you say you love me back. That that comes with meaning that comes with a commitment to be there. And that stability that comes with love is something that I strongly need. Um, there's enough instability in my mind. I need stability in my relationships 
And unfortunately, I've had way too much instability in my relationships over time. Um, from everything from just not being able to, to keep up with the constant evolution of needs to literally nothing changing and things exploding on me. Um, and everything being, you know, on the outside being what messes up stuff. Um, and that, that lack of consistency of, uh, of reasoning, of even the you know, lacks of logic. I'm such a logical person. If you can tell me why one plus one equals two, then we're cool. If you tell me that green plus blue equals rabbit, we're not going to have a great day. Um, you know, if you, you just need to be able to talk to me and be consistent, you know, if it is green plus blue equals rabbit, as long as it's always green plus blue equals rabbit, we're cool. I can, I can handle that. <laughs> um, but yeah, this, this, that consistency goes so far. So that's the, the bulk of my list. I've got a little bit of, you know, bonus items at the bottom. You know, I want someone who's uh, in my life that helps me and is also going through, you know, personal growth and improvement. Um, you know, it does that in and of itself provide emotional safety? No, not necessarily. Um, I think that's a related item because you can in my opinion, always be improving your ability to communicate, ability to improve yourself for yourself and for others. Um, you know, there's a lot of good that comes out of that self-improvement, but does that directly provide emotional safety? No, no, not necessarily. Um, and then the other item that I've got here is flexibility um, and adaptability. And why that relates to me is it really comes down to understanding that life happens, right? I need the ability to, you know, not worry that things have to be so perfect at all points in time that any wiggle of my emotions or any wiggle of my wording is going to uh, make things explode. Um, you know, the world and the changes of the world and everything around life's challenges, that's all tough enough. Uh, I need to know that my team, my, my person, the team that we build together is going to stick together through those times and we're going to roll with those punches and we're going to, to, to pull together and we adapt together. Um, and that, that I think really does play a lot into emotional safety and it's a very important thing for me. Um, so, all right, let's kind of wrap all that up into a little bow. Up top, we're sitting here, we have open communication. We can have our conflict resolution skills when things aren't seen eye to eye. 
but we know that we we're living in a supportive and non-judgmental environment and we respect our boundaries for each other. Okay. That's a good start. I'm going to have affection and affirmation and validation of my partner and they for me. We're going to have shared values. We have emotional intelligence of a good level so that we're able to communicate our emotions. And we're going to do all of these things consistently and reliably. You do all that damn well. You're emotionally safe. I think that is, that is some really good emotional safety guidelines for me. Um, and in order to achieve that, you absolutely have to do the personal growth. You have to do, the personal improvement and life's going to try to give us curveballs. So we have to be flexible and we have to be adaptable to what life throws at us. That's how you become emotionally safe. I'm definitely open to any suggestions, but you know, that's, that's what I see for it all. Now, why do we want to have emotional safety? One last little bullet point here is what does that do for you, for me, for anybody? And really, I I went out and and looked up some of this stuff because I started just trying to throw it off the top of my head of like, what does it mean to me and how does it make me feel? But there are actually a couple of things I thought were interesting is, um, you know, some of the obvious stuff. Let's see. Great. I live in an emotionally safe environment and I'm going to have reduced stress. Yeah. I, that's pretty damn obvious. I get it. Um, and you know, related to that, your muscles become more relaxed. I, th- I think everybody kind of was aware of that, right? When you're tense and you, you got a lot of stress going on, everything kind of tenses up. Right. Um, well, interestingly to that is blood pressure goes down, Right. Um, and, and I hadn't really put that together, even though it makes a lot of sense. Everybody talks about someone who's stressful and their blood pressure going through the roof. Well, that can be directly related to how emotionally safe you are in your relationships. Um, another part of it that relates is if you're emotionally safe, you're more expressive to, and, and more able to share your thoughts and feelings it's actually kind of like the self licking ice cream cone, right? You, you feel safe, you know, in order to feel safe, you need to both parties express your thoughts and emotions and feelings and not judge each other. And then you feel safer. So you express more and you feel more safe because you see each other both leaning in and around and around and around we go until you really are, you know, just feeling like, Hey, this is my person. And, you know, everything feels really great. Other things that I didn't expect to find with that is that it actually increases your pain tolerance. That one blew my mind a little bit. Um, and I'm assuming that's because your nervous system starts to relax. Um, I wasn't able to do as much research as I wanted into the why, 
But Nerd Chris is totally going to go into a rabbit hole when I have more time and figure out that out the why behind that one. Um, and I'd love if you've got some comments on the why. I'm I'm all ears. But seeing that in the list, I was just like, what? Um, so, <laughs> um, and the finally, and I think this is a big one for me, is if I'm emotionally safe, then I feel okay in my own skin. I feel safe in my own skin. And I'm much more likely to go brave the unknown of the world. Now, really think about how important that might be to you as well. The world is scary. The world is always changing and you never know what you're going to see. And so every day I know for me to walk out the front door, I've got to kind of, you know, all right, Chris, let's do this. And I know that might be extreme for some people, but there's always that little bit of something when you go out into the real world. And if you have to always face it alone, it's always just you. All right, let's pull my bootstraps up and let's go. But if you know that there's a respite that you can come back to, if you know that when you walk back into your home or you call your person or you get that text or whatever, that there's this little bubble of the world that makes you safe. If you know that bubble exists, then that gives you just that little bit more energy to say, well, if it gets too bad, I've got somewhere I can retreat to. But for now, I can brave the unknown because I am ready to do that. That's huge for me. That's why I crave emotional safety so much is that I just need that strength. I need that place that I can go and rest when I have to. Well, that's pretty much it. I uh, thought talking about emotional safety would be a good one as I'm, uh, you know, trying to rebuild my dating life and going through some of the stuff that I've done over time to, you know, through therapy and, and everything. This was a good one that came up. I'm very open to hearing your thoughts and I'll pretty much just cut it right there. Uh, as always, I'm Chris and I'm very imperfect, but I am Polly. See ya.